everyone, my name is Abraxas. I'm a strategist, thought leader, and creative. And you're listening to the second week of IWC's weekly Clubhouse podcast series, Creators Time. If you don't know who IWC are, they're a luxury watch brand from Switzerland who have decided to partner with me for an amazing six-part series. This week, we're talking to TJ, a top fashion creative about the intersection of fashion, culture, and the power of hype. A reminder to all, thoughts and opinions are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect IWCs. DJ, brother, how are you doing? Hey, mate. Hey, mate. Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for the invite. I'm super stoked to be here today and can't wait to uh, talk more about culture. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So you have navigated what I would call like the cool jobs, the cool spaces. You've done some cool things. My question is, were you a cool kid at school? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think I was a, a sport nerd. I really like to do sport. I really didn't enjoy school, to be honest. No, I tried to, I don't know, I tried to get through it as, as, as fast as possible and, and then, and then um, joined the, the, the soccer pitch or the football pitch uh, right after. Uh, I don't know if I was a, a cool kid. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I had the fortunate circumstances that uh, my best and my oldest friend is nine years older than I am. And he used to work in a sporting goods store and he always gave me a hook uh, to all those new uh, trainers, uh, which obviously uh, brought me some compliments on the, uh, in school. But other than that, uh, I think I was uh, I was an average average kid in school. We're going to drill a little more into your career and your sort of genesis point. And shouts out to having an older best friend because they will, you know, hook you up. They have the first, they kind of let you know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? They really do. They kind of trickle down information, you know. So uh, shouts out to the older friends. I had an older friend too. Um, shouts out to Tommy. So the question I'm going to throw you away here is this: You have kind of navigated your way around, you know, first New Balance and then Adidas, which in my humble opinion, th- those are the cool jobs. If any, if you hear somebody says, oh, they work at Adidas, like, what? What do they do? That's so cool. So how did you end up going in that direction? What did you, you know, what was your first job in this, what I'll call the creative industry? Yeah. So the beginning wasn't that creative, to be honest. Um, I started to study uh, economics in Hamburg. And pretty much on the first day, uh, I met an old friend and he used to work for New Balance and they were looking for some students who helped them out at the point of sale at trade shows uh, and so on and so forth. And I applied next day and they they, uh, gave me the role. It was a fantastic, fantastic job uh, next to um, the university. And I really enjoyed it, to be honest, because they gave me, they empowered me, they, they gave me some responsibility, uh, and uh, slowly but surely, I somehow, um, I think, also positioned myself in the in the company. And then it uh, didn't take that long that they offered me a job, and uh, I took that I took that job um, as a sales representative. Um, so actually, I was uh, they they gave me a car uh, and some sample bags, and then I was driving through Germany and and uh, tried to convince uh, sneaker boutiques to buy into the shoes and uh, play some orders. 
And as you can imagine, being beginning of the, my 20s, it was fantastic. And um, I think it also somehow created that passion for the industry and for for shoes and for products and so on and so forth. And yeah, and then and then I uh, somehow tried to make a career. And I think that uh, this, uh, yeah, um, was kind of successful so far. But now I want to do something else. That is Incredible. So you didn't even start on the creative side? No, no. Actually, uh, I wasn't the most creative uh, kid on the block. Um, but somehow, I, I was, I was passionate. I was, I was disciplined. I was, I was, like, still from you know, f- still from my sport career. I knew that I need to invest more than than others uh, to, um, yeah, just like, you know, uh, build up a reputation and, and, and somehow build up my, my image as a, as a hard worker. And, uh, that somehow brought me into special situations and special, uh, uh, roles. And I think if you have a certain mindset, um, then somehow, uh, the people are starting to listen to you and, and, and then, also, based on the experience you have you have uh, collected, I think you also became more confident and uh, started to think different about the market, about products, about uh, selling mechanisms, about uh, distribution, about pretty much everything, uh, which then obviously also triggered somehow my uh, creative thinking and also uh, the way I wanted to go about it, about uh, everything else right so again i i always try to yeah invest a bit more and also to challenge myself myself to uh, raise a bar on a on a on a weekly on a almost on a daily base and uh, i think that that helped a lot to to yeah get into the position i'm i'm today that is incredible um i'm just going to say this right now it there are people that stay in jobs or roles for the for their entire life and they're miserable there and they don't push themselves. They don't challenge themselves because they're scared. And TJ, it sounds like you had no fear. In fact, it sounds like you were quite fearless and we're like, well, come what may, let's keep pushing the parameter. Let's keep, you know, on a daily basis, you said you were looking or challenging yourself, so to speak. And it's incredible to hear that you started on, you know, in a creative company, but on the side that wasn't so creative and found yourself doing what you're doing now. So to anybody who's just joining the room, we're here once again, (laughs) <laughs> with the amazing IWC. If you don't know who IWC are, they are a luxury watch brand and they've partnered with myself to do these incredible rooms called Creators Time. We're here talking to TJ, who is a fantastic creative, um, who managed to navigate his way from being on what I would say is the more corporate side of a creative company uh, at New Balance and ended up being the global head of energy at Adidas. Can we break that down a little bit I feel like that's a title that if I saw it on paper I wouldn't understand what it meant I would be does this person actually deal with energy do that you know are they they, you know do they hand you know do they hand out batteries or do you know what does the global head of energy do and also how did you end up making that change how did you know it was time to change from New Balance and move to Adidas yeah, so, well, I mean, I, I grew up in Germany, um, a German, German boy playing football uh, pretty much all my life. And, and as you can imagine, the dream everyone has is to work for Adidas uh, one day. And after uh, seven years with New Balance, um, they, so the brand with the three stripes, Adidas, they approached me at Bread and Butter, which used to be a, one of the biggest European fashion conventions. 
and they approached me and I was uh, I was I was positively surprised and I said yes on the on the next day and uh, then I joined that brand and um, I I think it took me two years to really get traction and uh, bring my feet on the ground it was obviously very similar to the new balance world because I talked to the same buyers I talked to the same accounts I, I um, somehow tried to um, yeah, I do pretty much the same I, I used to do before, but um, in Adidas, I figured out that everything is 100 times bigger. And also New Balance was all about footwear and sneakers. And, and then uh, in, in Adidas, it was also about apparel accessories. I would even say it went beyond beyond products, right? It was a lot about strategy, a lot about tactics, a lot about even politics. And it took me a while to really get traction. Uh, and then, and then they also, I think, identified the potential I brought to the table, and they offered me a job which I uh, couldn't couldn't say no to. So they offered me the job to uh, be responsible for every lifestyle concept within Adidas, uh, which was uh, a massive responsibility. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They offered. Could you just repeat that again? They offered you to be the head of every lifestyle yeah, brand. Exactly, exactly. So um, as, you, as you might know, Adidas uh, is obviously a sports brand, but the biggest uh, chunk of the business they drive with lifestyle. And uh, I did a few projects um, within, within the brand and then they, they said, hey, well, um, we like the way you go about it and we like the way you think, we like your, your mindset and, and we want you um, leading the global product marketing team and that's what i did for more than five years so i had a i had a very very strong team i had a very talented team uh, very diverse uh, being located in four different creation centers and we created uh, uh, almost three thousand articles uh, every six months um, with a lot of collaborations a lot of new shoes a lot of new concepts and yeah, it was it was a hell of a ride, as you can imagine, and I really enjoyed it, and and uh, I lived my dream. I would say, I lived my dream. That is absolutely incredible. I can't imagine what that felt like as you sat in a room and I was like, yeah, you know, if you could just be, you know, global head for lifestyle. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that is a day you will never forget. Um, all right, so I've got some smaller questions around career and navigating change, just in general. Looking at, and if you had, I looked at your LinkedIn earlier today and was just like, wow, this is, you've done so much. And it's not just on the creative side, but on the other side as well, sort of the more corporate side as well. So you've clearly got your hand or, you know, can wrap your mind around both. So a bit of a fun question because I'm a fan. Have you ever got to meet Kanye West or formerly known as Kanye West, now Ye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have met a couple of times, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, he came over to the headquarter, uh, not that often, but uh, often enough. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. It was very inspiring how he approaches uh, projects, how he thinks, how he, how he uh, likes to work. Um, I think he's genius, to be honest. Uh, I've never met such a creative person. Uh, and what I really like is that that he really challenges the norm and, and uh, no is not an option, right? So if, if, if he has a dream, if he, if he has a vision, he tries to get there and, and realize that, that idea and that vision, that dream uh, with um, yeah, everything he has. And, and, and that's, that's, that's very inspiring, I must say. And 
Um, then, uh, unfortunately, when I took over the energy role, also the Yeezy business unit uh, got divided from from the normal business unit, so it became its own. And uh, yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Um, they they do massive business, and obviously that requires um, a complete, yeah, a dedicated team um, globally. And yeah, uh, but it was it was it was fantastic, and also how he um, talked to the to the people, right? So when he came over, he always spent a lot of time with the teams, uh, went in front of the teams, um, talking to them, motivated the team, and it was it was great. Um, and uh, I I really learned learned a lot in terms of mindset and in terms of creativity. And yeah, truly inspiring, I would say. So this is absolutely crazy to me. I'm sitting here, you know, and I've fortunate enough I've had some friends one that played basketball with Kanye for a while <laughs> which is weird and another one who got to play that album to Kanye and they all say the same thing um they're like he really is a genius he really is uh, you know you know got a bit of a gentle mental but a great thinker um you know super tapped in said he was reading a lot you know everybody that I was uh, with they said he always had a particular amount of books with him and um it was really good to just hear that, you know, the rumors that I hear about him are true. And I'm glad that I get to meet another person that's, uh, you know, met him because that means one day I will get to meet Kanye. <laughs> um, that's the plan anyway. Uh, so thank you for sharing that story. I want to talk a little more about change. What advice would you give to anybody who's trying to navigate change? How can you navigate change, you know, successfully? Yeah, I mean, f first, first, I want to say that change is something really good, right? So because many people are afraid of, of, of change. And I personally think change is something very positive. And I also try to challenge myself and, and try to really ask myself um, some serious questions and, and to, to really make sure that uh, whether I'm on the right track or not right and i think that uh, change is is something you have to embrace and and um change is also needed to become better right to improve yourself and and to become a better version of yourself and i think there are significant changes you can you can you can have and there are smaller changes i personally want to say that i change pretty much every day um, because I I do or I spend a lot of time with uh, self reflection uh, on a daily basis, and I change to become better. I change to become um, a better person, right? Not only better in terms of performance and, and KPIs and all those kind of uh, serious uh, serious uh, business related uh, improvements. Um, no, but also in the private life, I try to you know become a better father. I try to become a better human. I try to um, be a better friend, and I think. To do so, you need to constantly change and improve. And um, again, self-reflection is, a, is, a, is, I think, a good way how to go about it. And then uh, when it comes to business, I think uh, you need to also, um, again, listen to yourself, um, also listen to your gut. And um, obviously, the more significant changes are, are mostly based on, on a situation um, that doesn't, uh, satisfy you any longer, um, be it your colleagues, be it your boss, be it um, the work you do, be it whatsoever. And then uh, I think it's also important that everyone is is, is brave enough um, to embrace change, right? And I always say, 
and I try sometimes I post something like some some smart some smart things on on Instagram. Uh, obviously not being very smart, but I just post something and I just scream it into the universe um, to also convince myself. So just yesterday, I mean day before yesterday, I had a very very challenging day. I talked to someone I wanted to convince, and he said after like five weeks talking to him. He said no to me uh, and and to to the business and um, it was it was obviously um, a hit in my in my life a hit in my career but then next morning I just said hey embrace change and 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 uh, um, you know accept and welcome challenges with open arms and I think it's a mindset uh, thing right if you talk down the importance of the change I think it's easier to also embrace and and improve and. Again, in the end, I always say, and I think you, you mentioned that earlier, I think in the end, I also try to convince myself that I'm only talk about trainers and t-shirts, right? Which is not important. So I'm not doing any heart surgeries. I don't have to fly to the moon. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not very important what I'm, what I'm doing. And, and that's also why I don't take everything too serious. I love that. I love that. It sounds to me like, you know, change is the only constant. And, you know, all of this is relative, right? Yeah. You know, as you said, you're not saving lives here. You're, you're getting to create, which is beautiful in itself. Um, TJ, thank you. I have one last question for you, or maybe two. Before we, <laughs> I'm kind of being selfish right now, but I want to I get two more questions your way before I get some people up on stage to throw some questions your way. I have, I have a feeling there's going to be a few questions about Kanye now. Um, <laughs> but... The one question I have, have you always been like this? It sounds like you have so much patience and grace for yourself. You know, it's very rare I meet people that have as much patience and grace for themselves as you do, right? And it's now, you know, looking at your career, it seems only natural that you would float around from one thing and do this and be, you know, global head of energy. Now it makes perfect sense having spoken to you, but... Were you always like this or was there a certain thing that happened or certain things that happened that shifted your thinking? Because your patience and your sort of grace that you have for yourself, it sounds like you're constantly in a state of flow. No, I, I used to be a different person, especially in my, my professional life. Um, it was very hard for me to, to accept uh, a no or any kind of headwind. I was at, you know, I was at sport guy being successful uh, all my life and and then obviously you enter that you enter the professional uh stage and and obviously not everyone says says yes to you and to your ideas and and it took me a while uh, to really accept that challenge and also to to um change my behavior right so uh, when i founded i also founded a different fashion brand in 2016 called pacemaker um, and um, for me, pacemaker um, was was a gift. I want to say uh, because uh, within pacemaker, uh, we have identified some some mindsets uh, or one specific mindset, and that mindset is there is always there is always a plan B. Never give up. You know, challenge the obvious and 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 challenge the the traditional and try to. Try to uh, invite people um, being part of your journey. Try to, uh, you know, have an open arm mentality. And I think that 
um, that process also helped me to change myself. And obviously also all the success stories along the, along the way helped me to, to build up confidence, but also especially the, the situations or the, let's say the failure, the failure shaped myself, shaped my mindset, shaped uh, my behavior. And um, I was very selfish in the beginning, like, you know, 15 years ago, I was, I was pretty selfish, I want to say. And then uh, over time, I really understood how important the team is, how important it is to develop people, how important it is to really surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Um, and um, I think that it's, for me, it was, it has been a process. And obviously that process is, is, uh, hasn't ended yet. Uh, for me, I also have a mindset, never stop learning, never stop, you know, um, uh, improving. And yeah, again, for me, it's a mindset uh, thing. And if you also learn to manage yourself, right, to ask yourself the right question at the right time and, and to really, you know, um, yeah, be honest with yourself, be honest with your surrounding, with, with the people uh, you're talking to, uh, in most cases, that leads to success. I was also in the beginning when I joined Adidas, I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to, um, you know, talk to collaborations partners and say, well, this is not feasible. We can't do that. Uh, and you need to learn to be open and honest. You need to learn to articulate the target very, very clearly. You need to learn to articulate the goal or the, the let's say the the aim you are you're working against very very clearly to also help the team to delete or to avoid any any inefficiencies and misunderstandings and i think and this counts probably for for every human being um the more experienced you are the more failure you have seen um the better you will be in in the future uh, and that is i think very true to my career and I'm very happy that I'm still quite young, not uh, too young any, any longer, unfortunately, but I'm still, still young enough to also have now 20, 30 years to really, you know, form, form teams, um, develop people and, and help them to maybe improve themselves and, and become better versions of themselves, but also better managers and better, better people. I am... Literally in awe of you right now, TJ. Um, very similar, very similar. But it's not for me to talk about myself. But very similar sort of trajectory, very similar transition playing sport and just having that sort of determination that, you know, everything will go my way. And if it doesn't, I'll lift more weights. So I'll get faster. I'll get stronger. Nobody will say no. And then having your soul crushed <laughs> once you start working. But I loved your response and I loved your authenticity. Before we get people from the audience up on stage, I have one more question for you. What is the Flowers for Society? What is that project? What does it mean? And what do NFTs mean to you? Because this is what you're currently working on. Uh, um, unfortunately, we can't see each other, but but I'm getting goosebumps now because I just it was it was a well, it was a perfect exact way from everything everything I said earlier. You know, I wanted to be. Uh, open and honest. I want. I wanted to um, lead by example with a very, you know, uh, open arms mentality, and that led me to Flowers for Society. Um, because uh, obviously, if you if you work in a corporation, uh, and honestly, uh, I had my dream job. Um, I think the collaboration between Adidas and, and TJ was one of the best collabor collaborations the, the market has ever seen. 
Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very serious about it. Um, but it was still a corporation. It was unfortunately not, it wasn't my, my company. Um, hence I also had to do certain things I didn't really feel. And, uh, we said, uh, we want to make people feel again. And we want to, we want to have a brand, a company that is based on certain values. And those values are exactly those, right? Um, you know, a give back mentality, an open arms mentality, uh, very inclusive, very diverse, um, you know, um, providing a stage for people to, to really unfold their potentials, um, make everything very transpa transparent, give people, um, again, give people the acknowledgement and the, the feedback they have deserved um, in a positive way. And that led us to the Flowers for Society a sneaker brand. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, it's a sneaker brand, a new sneaker brand. Um, but, uh, obviously I said to myself and, and, and again, I, I try to challenge myself to, uh, raise a bar. And for me, you know, um, being part of the sneaker culture and also the sneaker industry, uh, since two decades now, it was fairly simple to create a sneaker brand, right? Um, because I have the contacts to the factories, I have the contacts to the media partners, I have the contacts to the buyers, to the sneaker stores, and so on and so forth. So for me, it was fairly easy to create a sneaker brand. And, and then I said to myself, hey, dude, it's not enough. It's, you know, this is not enough. It's too flat. And we need to dig a bit deeper. And that's why we said we want to build that um, or we want to use the new sneaker brand to come up with a closed ecosystem, a, one ecosystem that really supports the real fans, the real communities and fight bots. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with the sneaker game, but today it's fairly impossible to get the shoe you really want to have. I'm so familiar and I, I hate <laughs> bots. It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It really is right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. And, and, and uh, obviously, you know, the, the bots are faster than every human being. And, and then the people uh, sell those shoes on the secondary market. And then you need to spend 800 bucks, you know, to, to, to get your favorite shoe. And I always dreamed about that closed ecosystem, that, that community that gets access to everything. And in the beginning, I, I was thinking about like uh, a, a democratic sneaker brand with 20,000 co-founders, uh, which is clearly impossible to, to, to do in Germany, uh, especially in Germany, due to legal reasons and tax reasons. And then we um, discussed several ways and then we figured out that NFTs uh, could be the solution because um, NFTs um, can also be used for utility rights, for access rights. So now uh, with Flowers for Society, if you purchase a shoe, we will uh, gift you your individual NFT, which will become the key to all future releases, to all limited editions, to all exclusive co collaborations we do in the next 100 years. So you need to have that key to become part of our ecosystem. And if you're part of our ecosystem, you won't lose against any bots because you are a member and that member uh, will be asked uh, prior every drop whether they want to have that drop or not. And if they do, great. If they don't, they can either buy it and, and give it to someone else or ultimately also trade the NFTs to someone who wants to who wants to join the the community, right? And that is that is how we how we um, started to think that 
or started to think about that close ecosystem, that community, that flowers for society community. And uh, we have released last Saturday and was uh, was uh, such a success. So I'm very, very happy how everything came to market. That is incredible. I often think about NFTs and when you start to have an NFT that has utility, that is where things get really, really exciting. Um, TJ, thank you. So let's get some amazing creatives up on stage. First and foremost, you two have got to connect. I'm bringing up the person who was a part of the series last week. I'm bringing up the one and only James Andrews. <laughs> James, I know you're in commute right now, but do you have a question for TJ? I'd love to hear it. TJ, nice to meet you. Love what you're doing in, in, in the future space. I wanted to get, ask how you think about community. Uh, you know, obviously the NFT drop um, and, and everything you're doing around utility. But I'm curious, like, what's the and then what? Yeah, first of all, nice to meet you, James. Um, I've uh, already listened to you to, to your sessions too, so it's great to, to, to meet you finally. Um, yeah, so communities for me are, are actually the backbone of everything. And um, it started, I mean, everything started uh, within communities, right? And I was socialized um, by skateboarding. I was socialized by sneakers and uh, it was always a community thing. And I, uh, I also observed the marketplace. And unfortunately, um, since I, I want to say five years, uh, the game has changed and it was always about flexing. It was always about like, you know, getting the shoes and, 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 and reselling them somewhere else on a secondary market just to, you know, make profit. But it was more about, you know, in the last five years, it, it changed and it was more about the individual. And I truly believe that um, we need to make sure that um, the community gets into the spotlight again, because the community uh, is actually, um, uh, uh, or the, the people within the community, they uh, build brands, they make brands successful, they, they are loyal. And, and I think that brands definitely need to appreciate that. And they need to appreciate that with uh, special treatments, with special releases, and with special access, early access. And, um, you know, all the big sneaker brands, they have loyalty programs, and, and, and they cheat on the people, right? And they say, hey, the more you buy, the, the, the more access you get, but not one single brand, they, they stick to their lip, right? They, they, they are just lying to the people. And for me, uh, it's now important to to again to prioritize the community again, um, to make sure that they um, get access to very interesting content, uh, but also products, uh, in order to um, to have a sustainable business and also to build up a brand in a more sustainable way, right? In a more strategic way, um, because every hype brand, you know. Any brand can be can become a hype brand, but then also being out of trend the season after. And I think if you have a solid uh, community, um, that is a way better foundation uh, for for um, for the future of any brand. And that's why I believe that communities are so important. And uh, also with Flowers for Society, I mean, we have we have approached the the the, the go to market completely different at least in Germany, in Germany, a pre-order is something very uncommon. And we did that. And the community helped us, you know, to also 
um, uh, pl by placing orders, uh, they helped us to build the brand because we don't have the, the capital to do so. Yeah, and uh, I'm very thankful and grateful that the, that the community um, with their commitment helped us to shape the future of the brand. And without the community, we couldn't have done it. I'm fully agreeing with you, James. Me and James talk about this all the time and how community is going to be the backbone of the creator economy. Um, TJ and James, you guys have to connect. Up next, we've got Janet, who is a brilliant, brilliant creative based out of Birmingham, um, has won numerous awards and has done so many things. So Janet, as a fellow creative, what question do you have for TJ? Brilliant, brilliant interview. Thank you, Till. It was, it was really inspiring to hear um, how you got into this in the first place. Um, with me, I work with young people and adults and I try to do creative different. I mean, I'm in my studio now trying to um, work on something different for a conference that I'm at tomorrow. Um, and it's always hard to get people engaged um, because when you say sewing, they think of what it was like at school. Uh, it wasn't fun, it was boring. So I always try to do something different. So if I was to say to you, um, I'd like to invite you in one of my sessions to work with some of these young, disengaged young people that always come to me and say, I want to design t-shirts and sweatshirts that I don't really particularly want them to do. I want them to think outside the box or basically use the box. What kind, with, with all the skills and experience that you've had, what would you come to the sessions to tell them that they could do or get them started um, as, a, as a taster into creating something that's, that's different? What would you do that would be different other than just a basic T-shirt and a sweatshirt? Yeah, I mean, for, first of all, I would for sure um, talk to the, to the people and really ask them if, they, if, if this is what they really want to do. Because, you know, the industry uh, looks from the outside super rosy and, and like, like a fantastic place. Uh, but it's, you know, it's also challenging and it's maybe not that rosy from the inside and, 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 you know, designing t-shirts sounds great, but it's also a hell of a, hell of a pain. Yeah. And, uh, because, you know, you, you create most likely, I don't know, you spend 200 hours for one graphic and then someone who makes a decision says the graphic doesn't hit our commercial requirements. So, and then you need to get over it and, and start, you know, start with a new graphic. And I think that the industry is, is sounds fantastic. Um, but, um, I would definitely try to share some experiences and, and also, um, try to, um, do a reality check, uh, with, with those people, because you need to also, beside being creative, you need to be very disciplined. You need to also, you know, um, conquer some situations or some pride swallowing exercises. Um, and, uh, it's, again, it's, it's also, you know, it also has a very challenging side. And but if if they still want to do it, I would for sure um, empower their potential and their creativity. And I would try to, you know, get into it and and try to, um, you know, do everything I can to also unfold their potential. Right? I would start. I would start. You know, designing T-shirts, hoodies, whatsoever, whatever they want to do. 
But then for me, it's uh, beyond the products itself. It's also a lot, you know, about um, the, the the entire context. Yeah? So is it something you want to do because you just want to create a t-shirt or is it something you want to do because you you want to you want to maybe have a have a graphic that uh, inspires people and 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 ideally changes uh, the way people think, changes that people consume. So I would really try to dig uh, deeper into it with those creatives. Uh, but um, I think that, or well, I'm a big fan of 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 doing things, of making things. Yeah, and uh, I would I would definitely try to bring their ideas um, or everything they have in their in their head I would definitely try to bring that in the, into the physical world um, to um, also again to also empower them and also uh, provide them a stage uh, where they can shine right because I always said also when when I was uh, at Adidas I always said hey we have so many talents let's make sure we have a stage for for all of them because um, there are so many great talents but I don't know, just like a percentage point, get the fame. Yeah? And I think that, um, yeah, I think it's all about doing and making things in the end. Dope answer, TJ, and dope question, Janet. Up next, we have the infamous Vinita. What is going on and what question do you have for TJ? Pleasure to meet you, TJ. Thank you for joining us and shout out to IWC. I really appreciated what you shared earlier around how important it is to have clarity in your vision, to be able to articulate with clarity, to bring people into the fold. But I'm curious if you could expand upon, you know, that process when you're in that creative mode, like I'm in the process of really building a new brand and looking at these components. When you feel a block, you know, what are some of the tactical things that creatives can do to regain that clarity or to push through uh, any of the blocks that may be precluding you from really saying like, yes, this is it, that aha moment. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an awesome question uh, because I also spend a lot of time with exactly um, that situation. Obviously, you know, um, there is a lot of pressure. Um, the market in- environment is super dynamic and everything is like moving fast. And, and obviously it's tough um, to... You know, stay creative uh, day in, day out. It's tough to stay creative um, uh, throughout the entire year. I think that, uh, or at least I I can only talk for myself, Um, I think that, first of all, you need to, and I I mentioned it already, uh, you need to challenge yourself in being super clear about um, the situation you want to you want to achieve right so what is the what is the north star you're working against and i always um help myself to um photoshop some high beast headlines or some high snobiety headlines right i i photoshopped um the headline uh, about certain collaborations and um and it wasn't the headline adidas x uh, bad bunny it was about uh, something different. It was about like the the quintessential cornerstone stone of the of the project. Yeah? And I think if you if you are able to articulate the the goal within maybe 
a sentence, maybe even three words, maybe even just one word. Um, and I'm not talking about elevator pitches because elevators are, uh, are, are taking too long, right? I'm, I'm saying you need to be able to put your idea into one sentence. And if you can do that, I think it's, it's easier to work against it. But then, of course, there are situations um, that, or you, you, you mentioned those blocks, right, uh, in your head or in your environment, or it can also be a financial block or a resource block, right? And I think that, um, or at least I, how I go about it, I sometimes just take a step back, right? Take a step back, uh, let it breathe, um, do something different, um, and then try to approach it the next day. And I, in many cases, you see that in the moment you approach it from a different angle or in a fresh way or with a fresh mind, um, you can overcome that block. Um, obviously, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's uh, linked to, a f to financial resources, etc., then it's a bit more tricky. But then again, it helps you if you can articulate the goal within a sentence or three words or even one word, which is the best. Um, then uh, it's also easier to convince people to come on board, to join your uh, your journey, and maybe also to finance your journey, right? And um, I think that is it. Yeah, uh, clarity first and foremost, and then uh, second. Uh, secondly, it's about give yourself enough time to think. Yeah, and uh, even if you have found a solution, try to challenge that solution. Try to really say, is it really the way you want to go about it? Or should I raise the bar even higher? And that is, I think, how I would, how I would approach it. Up next, we have Jess Ingleton, a brilliant writer, ex-teacher. Jess, the amazing human. What question do you have, TJ? Hi, TJ. Nice to meet you. I felt that you spoke most passionately when you were discussing with Abraxas your desire to build community and also to give back in terms of building people up. So I wanted to ask you if you had one fundamental piece of advice for people that want to build community and want to build people up, what would it be? Stay true and empower the people. Make them part of the journey. Involve them and, and you will see that if you bring like-minded people in together, um, this will create a certain energy which, will, uh, which is priceless. Don't question, Jess. Up next, we have Bigani. So Bigani, as a social audio creator and a big one at that, what question do you have for TJ? Pleasure to meet you too. Um, so the, the question that I have for you, I know you spearheaded um, the CX Flux program. What was your experience in working and being a part of the Ultra Boost and how the whole process and experience feel from beginning to end? Because I know... Like for me, I, I'm a big fan of even just like, you know, Yeezys and, you know, those type of products. So for you, how did you resonate with it? How did it feel? Was it surreal or was it just like a regular project for you? Yeah, so both projects, uh, ZX Flux and also Ultraboost have been enormous uh, success for the brand. Um, I think the biggest success uh, we have seen was that an entire company has changed their their way of thinking uh, because with ZX Flux we started to know or we started to to understand 
how you create products, how you um, uh, how you um, distribute products, how you uh, talk about uh, certain certain products, how you yeah how you actually manage the franchises, and there was a massive uh, success for the entire brand because the entire brand uh, changed their mind, and also UltraBoost. I think UltraBoost the biggest pain was that. Um, the the company has built that shoe as a running shoe, but essentially it was bought um, with a lifestyle purpose, right? Most likely by ninety percent of all the consumers. And we discussed a lot, you know, those performance KPIs and how how fast you can run in those shoes and how high you can jump and how heavy the shoe shoe is or how light the shoe is. Uh, but essentially, it was probably the best lifestyle sneaker in the world back then. Um, and then obviously he changed the, the game completely when he jumped uh, off the stage with that shoe. But yeah, so I think a lot of um, learnings. Um, the biggest learning is that um, everyone need to be honest to themselves because especially with Ultra Boost, everyone knew that this is a lifestyle product, but we talked about that product in the, in the performance context for more than four years, right? And I think there was um, just due to the fact that the people haven't been honest to themselves. Pardeep, what question do you have for TJ? TJ, good to connect. I liked what you said about the daily reflection that you do in order to help focus, grow and evolve in every area of your life. So I'd like to know, what have you read this past year that has changed the way you thought the most? And have you actively applied it to your daily life? And a second one, if I can be cheeky, which is what's the biggest question that the sneaker industry should be asking itself right now, but isn't? Uh, so so uh, nice to meet you, man. Uh, starting with the first one, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest learning um, last year was that I, I didn't want to be part of a corporation any longer because a corporation has their own strategic directions yeah and the strategic directions are fantastic they sound fantastic but sometimes uh, the, the the companies act differently and um, i couldn't i couldn't really you know identify myself with that with that i don't say in english but uh, double moral <laughs> and i just wanted to do my own thing and and um but it was a it was a big decision for myself, for my family, for for my life, and um, I actually asked myself the question: Do I really want to leave Adidas? Um, probably for more than six months. Every morning in the car, I just ask myself, you know. And um, I think pretty much every morning I said, "Yes, I want to leave, and I want to I want to improve myself. I want to become a better version of myself, and I want to." also stop complaining internally i just said hey i i raised those those points so often now and i don't want to repeat myself over and over again now i uh, go somewhere else and try to do it better right because in the end um it's your responsibility to change the world or at least to contribute to the change right and that is what I now try to do with, with Flowers for Society. And then the second question is, um, and, and I have a, or the second answer to the, to the second question um, is for me also very clear because I uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the industry. And just today, I think there was a, there was a, there was a, a report uh, about Nike that they destroy shoes just in order to 
create more recycled shoes. Uh, I know also know by fact that there are uh, factories in China um, that produce plastic bottles in order to have more plus plastic bottles to have more uh, plastic bottles for more shoes, right? Made out of plastic bottles. <laughs> so, um, and and I think the the industry really need to be honest to themselves and try to um, become more responsible, right? And um, I think that companies need to understand that a sustainable growth is way more important than, um, I don't know, an S-curve on an S-curve on an S-curve, right? And uh, I would, or my wishes that the industry understands that less is more, um, they don't necessarily have to create like, you know, I don't know, thousand articles in addition to close some business gaps, um, just to make some, some shareholders more happy. Um, it's about our planet. It's about the people. And I believe that it's not the end of the world. If big corporations maybe miss a target. Um, and, and again, I think that the industry should rather, um, also change their mind and uh, act a bit more responsible. TJ, thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure today and we'll see you next week for another brilliant Creators Time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.